All right, before we jump into the episode, I want to tell you about a masterclass that I'm teaching in just a few weeks. And I'm super excited because this is the first masterclass that I'm teaching. And I asked you, what do you want to learn? And I heard loud and clear, Shannon, I want to learn how the heck to get rid of these symptoms and how to stop having panic attacks. So that is what this class is going to be all about. So I hope you join me. It's going to be a live 90-minute masterclass. And if you're interested, just check out the link in the show notes and sign up. And I hope to see you there. So if you've been saying for years that you're just an anxious person, I want you to really start to question this idea, this belief Are you just an anxious person? Or have there been some factors that may have contributed to your struggle with anxiety? And are you just an anxious person? Or have you learned and taught yourself that anxiety is something to fear? Welcome to a Healthy Push podcast. I'm Shannon Jackson, former anxiety sufferer turned adventurer, mom, and anxiety recovery coach. I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for 15 years. And now I help people to push past the stuff that I used to struggle with. Each week, I'll be sharing real and honest conversations along with actionable and practical steps that you can take to help you push past your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, panic, and fears. Welcome. You're right where you're meant to be. All right, I'm excited about this episode, (laughs) and I'm so excited because I think that there are lots of opinions and pieces of advice out there that actually hinders people's recovery, and I think that if you take these opinions and pieces of advice in and you make them your beliefs, well, it'll make it extremely hard for you to overcome anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia, and I want you to overcome anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia. That's the whole reason I'm here with you, right? Right. (laughs) So today I'm going to be sharing with you four unpopular opinions that I have that will probably make you rethink how you may be approaching your recovery. And honestly, I hope they do. And undoubtedly, you may disagree with some of these things, and that's absolutely okay, but I feel like I'd be doing you a disservice if I didn't share these things with you. Okay, let's jump into my four unpopular opinions. The first is, you don't have to force yourself to do exposures every single day. Yep, I know, this is probably making you go, what? Because this is likely the opposite of what you've been told, right? And we've all seen these pieces of advice like everywhere. You have to do exposures, you have to face your fears, and you have to be consistent and do exposures every day. And this is the part where I share something really crazy with you. I never did traditional exposure therapy. And you know what? I still recovered. Crazy, huh? (laughs) So don't get me wrong. I absolutely got out there and I faced anxiety and my fears and I did the hard things. But I just didn't do it all in the sense that I had to force myself to do well-planned out, calculated exposures seven days a week. So you might be wondering, well, Shannon, what the heck did you do instead? And it's simple. I just kept choosing to get out there and to live my life. I kept choosing to go places that I needed to go and that I wanted to go. And I kept choosing to do the things that I valued. I kept choosing to face anxiety and do it all in a healthy way that felt good 
or, you know, as good as it could for me. So here's the thing. I think so much emphasis gets put on doing the physical things, right? Like getting in your car and driving places or going to stores or appointments and getting out of the house or whatever else it might be. But people miss out on the fact that exposure therapy is really about teaching your brain that the anxiety, the symptoms, the panic aren't things that you need to be afraid of. It's about learning how to change your response to anxiety when it pops up. It's about practicing responding to the thoughts, the symptoms, and panic in a healthy way when these things do pop up. It's about allowing yourself to acknowledge and feel these things and not avoid them. It's about allowing them in rather than fighting them or trying to make them go away. And it's about looking inward rather than looking outward for help and solutions. Because the reality is, you can do the physical acts of exposures all day long, like getting out there and doing the things, but it won't do much good if you aren't practicing responding to the symptoms and anxiety and panic and fear in a healthy way. Because if you aren't responding in a healthy way, these things are just going to keep popping up. So you can force yourself to do all these things, you can white knuckle your way through things, but it's not going to do much good if you aren't doing it in a healthy way. So... I want to get back to the fact that you don't have to do exposure seven days a week in order to recover because I want to dive into that a little more. So the reality is we all have lives, right? And most of us are incredibly busy. Like you might have a job and whether it looks like being a mom who works inside the home or you may work outside of your home or you may work in addition to being a mom or parent. And chances are you don't have a whole ton of time to dedicate to doing exposure therapy. And guess what? it's okay. Consistency doesn't have to equal you physically doing something seven days a week. Consistency for you might look like three times a week or four times a week. But remember, I want you to really hear this, it's less about doing exposures consistently and it's more about consistently responding to anxiety in a healthy way. That's really where the magic is. Because the reality is, anxiety, the symptoms, and panic doesn't only show up when you're doing exposures, right? Right. These things pop up all over the place and at any time. Sometimes even while you're at home doing absolutely nothing. So this means that you don't need to make everything about doing exposures. You can simply live your life and when anxiety pops up, see it as your opportunity to face it and work through it in a healthy way. So if you're currently doing exposures seven days a week, I want you to stop convincing yourself that this alone is what's going to get you to the other side. I want you to let go of this pressure and the extra stress that you're adding onto your plate. I want you to stop convincing yourself that you can't let up, like you can't hit the brakes at all or else. I want you to stop convincing yourself that if you don't do something every single day, you won't recover. I want you to stop convincing yourself that you have to do everything and that your whole life has to revolve around anxiety and your recovery. You can ease up. Please ease up. And when you do and you allow yourself to rest, you're still healing. I promise. And I also want to add this. Recovery doesn't just happen by doing exposures. There's so much more to recovery than exposure work. 
And in my online courses, I walk you through how to take the healthy steps that will help you to heal and overcome, including how to face your fears and anxiety and how to do it all in a healthy way. Okay, number two, genetics or not, you aren't just an anxious person. So I hear this all the time and heck, I even used to say it. I've always been like this and I'm just an anxious person and it's just a part of who I am. But let me tell you something, as much as you might think and believe it, you didn't just come out of the womb anxious. You aren't just an anxious person and you aren't destined to live your life consumed by anxiety and fear. Through working with people, one of the most common things I hear is, I've struggled with anxiety since I was a little kid, Shannon. I've just always been this way. And then people often share some of their earliest memories with me of when anxiety popped up when they were a kid. And trust me, I have my own. Like waking up feeling nervous and thinking about what my day at school would look like and telling my mom that I was sick and like just begging her to stay home. And not eating my lunches at school because I was so nervous that I felt like eating might only make me feel worse. And dreading recess because I was nervous about interacting with other kids. And going on field trips and feeling even more nervous because, you know, new places, new situations. And I could go on and on and on. But I think that when we struggle with something like anxiety so deeply as an adult, we often assert way more memory and meaning to that thing than we can actually even remember and even more than what our experience actually was. So let me explain what I mean by this. The anxiety that you experience now is likely very different from the anxiety you experienced as a kid. And the reality is you don't remember what the anxiety you experienced as a kid actually felt like. You likely just remember bits and pieces, and it's probably based off of some fate memories that you have, or maybe based off of stories that you or somebody you know has told several times. So who knows what the anxiety really felt like then or what it was actually like, right? And a big reality that's helpful to recognize is that being thrusted into an environment like school as a kid is big and scary. And if you're an introvert like me, things like school can be very overwhelming and scary. Like you're this tiny human who doesn't even have a fully developed brain. You're separated from your parents and you just have to make a go of it, right? And trust that everything's going to be a-okay, Like, this sounds scary, right? It's no wonder lots of kids feel anxious when starting or going through school. And it's actually quite normal that lots of kids feel anxious. I wish society did a better job of talking about this and normalizing these feelings, but that's a whole separate topic for another time. So then there's this argument that says, well, anxiety is genetic and it just runs in my family. And trust me, I get this one too. (laughs) My mom, my uncle, my grandfather, my great-grandmother, and other people in my family have also struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, severe agoraphobia, and OCD. And for a long time, I thought that I was literally just screwed and destined to live a life with anxiety and fear because of the fact that anxiety disorders ran so prevalent in my family. But I often overlooked two things, like really important things. The first is multiple people in my family have overcome their struggle with their anxiety disorder and they haven't had any issues since. And two, 
there were loads of other contributing factors as to why I struggled with anxiety. And these two things are important because one, we often overlook the fact that there are many people, sometimes even people in our lives, that have overcome their anxiety disorder and live amazing lives. So clearly you don't have to accept that you're just an anxious person. And two, genetics aside, there are likely other big contributing factors as to why you struggle with anxiety. So things like your physical and emotional environment growing up may have played a part, your lived experiences, stress, trauma, your relationship with your thoughts and emotions, a really bad panic attack that scared you and changed your relationship with anxiety. And I just want to mention here, if you haven't listened yet to the episode that I did with my mom, I highly suggest that you give it a listen. Because in it, my mom and I talk about the many reasons why I struggled with anxiety, panic, and agoraphobia. And genetics, I really don't think it was a factor. So here's the thing. Genetics may be a factor. Who knows? Like the research just isn't there to prove it. But I say, even if genetics is a factor, I don't think it's something that has to prevent you from overcoming anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia. And just because you struggled with anxiety as a young kid doesn't mean that you have some genetic component for anxiety disorders and that it's just always going to be something that you struggle with. Overall, I'm a huge fan of just picking up right where you are right now and learning how to have a healthy relationship with anxiety. And this doesn't mean going back into your past to do it. I always say it's less about figuring out the why and it's more about how you respond in the moment to your thoughts, to your emotions, to anxiety, to panic, and to fear. So if you've been saying for years that you're just an anxious person, I want you to really start to question this idea, this belief. Are you just an anxious person? Or have there been some factors that may have contributed to your struggle with anxiety? And are you just an anxious person? Or have you learned and taught yourself that anxiety is something to fear? So the more you tell yourself that you're just an anxious person, the more you'll believe it. And the more you'll actually act in a way that strengthens this idea, which then makes it a reality. So please do yourself a favor and start acknowledging when you're wanting to call yourself an anxious person and really resist it. Don't label yourself as an anxious person. You aren't anxiety, and you are far more than the emotions that you experience. I want to tell you about something that I recently discovered and I absolutely love, Branch Basics. I'm so excited to share this with you because Branch Basics offers non-toxic cleaning products that actually work. And this is something that I can get behind because I truly believe that toxins can negatively contribute to our physical and our mental health. And I'm a huge fan of ditching the toxins and living as naturally as possible. Because these products are non-toxic, fragrant-free, and pure, it really makes me feel safe and at peace with what I'm using inside of our home. And I use these products on everything. <laughs> I'm talking countertops, laundry, floors, toilets, and even in the dishwasher. So if you're wanting to make the switch and toss the toxins, check out Branch Basics and use code AHEALTHYPUSH at checkout for 15% off. Or just grab the link in the show notes. 
Okay, number three, the recovery journey isn't about learning how to manage anxiety. I don't care what anybody says, trying to manage anxiety will only make it harder for you to have a healthy relationship with anxiety and to overcome it. So when I was struggling with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia, for years, I truly thought that I just had to figure out what would keep the anxiety in check. Like what tools, what techniques, and what solutions could I throw at it to keep it from making my life so difficult? And I tried everything. And when the things didn't work, I thought, yep, I'm just an anxious person. (laughs) And at the time, I didn't realize that the things I was throwing at it were actually only reinforcing the anxiety, the symptoms, panic, and fears. And the things I was throwing at it was only reinforcing the idea that I couldn't work through the hard stuff on my own. And the things I was throwing at it when they did, you know, quote, work, was causing my brain to see those things as being the things that saved me rather than me, who was the actual thing that was successfully working through the anxiety. So this one is really two part. The first part is more of a mentality shift that you have to have. And it's that your goal isn't to manage or to cope with anxiety. Your goal is to create a healthy relationship with anxiety and overcome it and not have it continue to disrupt your life and lead to all the really hard stuff. Remember, you aren't just an anxious person and you don't have to accept that this is something that will always be in your life, right? And so therefore you have to manage and cope with it. You can absolutely have a healthy relationship with anxiety, one where the thoughts, the symptoms, panic attacks, and fears don't pop up. And a part of this is, and this is the second part, is not throwing stuff at the anxiety in an effort to make yourself not feel anxious or to make the anxiety go away. Remember, your brain will always think that anxiety is a problem if you're always trying to make it not pop up or to go away. So this means that those lovely coping mechanisms like the water bottle or oils or ice cubes or always looking to your safe person or to the just-in-case medication that you never actually take, or escaping when you feel anxious, or avoiding, and the list goes on, right? These things are only reinforcing the anxiety. So remember how often I talk about looking inward? Yeah, that will be much more helpful to you than throwing coping mechanisms at the anxiety. Remember, trying to manage anxiety is only going to make things much harder for you. Instead, make your goal about overcoming anxiety, not managing it. Okay, and the last one, number four, you can actually overcome anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for good. So I'm going to keep this one short and sweet because it's pretty simple. Regardless of what people say on the internet and regardless of what you might tell yourself and currently believe, You can absolutely overcome anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia and live a peaceful, joyful, and a very free life. I know how hard it is to believe that this is true, but you don't have to believe it in order for it to happen. And I really want to encourage you to keep taking the small healthy steps because the healthy steps are truly what helps you to start living the life you want and deserve to live. And I know you might think that you're special and different or that your anxiety is just different. Therefore, recovery just isn't possible for you. 
and I get it. And so many of my students also felt that same way. And the thing is, you are special, but you aren't special in the sense that recovery isn't possible for you. And I think that this is a good time to mention this. So I'm super excited to share that a couple of past students of mine who have taken Panic to Peace, they're going to come on the podcast and they're going to discuss their journey with overcoming panic and agoraphobia. And I can't wait for you to hear their success stories because I'm not the only proof that it's possible. There are lots of other people out there who have done exactly what I've done and what you're absolutely capable of doing. All right, there you have it. Four of my unpopular opinions relating to anxiety recovery. And I just want to recap real quick. One, you don't have to force yourself to do exposures every single day. Two, genetics or not, you aren't just an anxious person. Three, the recovery journey isn't about learning how to manage anxiety. And four, you can actually overcome anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for good. So my honest hope is that a couple of these, or maybe even all of them, have caused you to stop and really think about your beliefs, your actions, and your behaviors. I share these things because they will absolutely make your recovery journey less long and less hard. Okay, until next time, my friend, keep taking healthy action. And before I end this episode, I want to mention that I'd really appreciate it if you shared this episode or any others with somebody who you feel could benefit from what I share here. You sharing these episodes is what helps me to reach and support others who need it. And if you have an extra minute in your day today, I'd also really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. I read every single review and this too is what helps me to help more people to heal and overcome. I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Healthy Push. If you want more, head on over to ahealthypush.com for the show notes and lots more tips, tools, and inspiration that will support your recovery. And if you're hoping for me to cover a certain topic, be sure to join my Instagram community at A Healthy Push and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next.